I was in Worcester last night, and I was talking. <laughs> I was talking to um, some of the great people of Worcester, and they love our podcast. So shout out Worcester! Hello, and welcome to the AJ on the Line podcast. My name is Adam Williams. This is your Azerbaijan Grand Prix review, in which we discuss. Charles Leclerc's car breaking, Ricardo breaking his run of bad form, Lewis Hamilton's back nearly breaking, and much, much more. And when I say we, that's not just me. It's Joe, it's Jimmy. How are you both getting on? And what did you think of the race, Jimmy? Yeah, it was quite a good race. I thought it might be a bit better. It's a shame, you know, events happened in it, which sort of negated the sort of competitiveness of it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good race, I thought. Not too shabby. I guess that's the danger of having uh, two teams well clear of the rest of the field. Joe, what were your thoughts on um, the race today? And, and how were your two weeks away from us? Not really done much. Um, but yeah. Um, you've just been, you've been waiting for Baku, excited. Yep. <laughs> Probably uh, hardly sleeping. Yeah, definitely. Um, but no, it was a, it was a decent race on it. Um, and what what are you going to rate the race, Joe? Six. It was all right, wasn't it? Six. Okay, decent score for Joe. And yeah, it was better than average. But but you you expect that from Baku, so it's difficult really because a lot of people will go into a, a race at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix thinking, oh, we're going to have an absolute worldy of a race and and if that doesn't completely happen then they might rate the race a little lower than they might jimmy what are you going to rate the race uh i'd probably give it a six as well or no five yeah it didn't really as you said it didn't really live up to the past sort of uh azerbaijani grand prix um and yeah it just it was good in parts but yeah overall an average race i would say was it worth watching yeah <laughs> it's a formula one race i'm not i'm not going to not watch it because it's I like Formula One, so even if it was crap, I'd still watch it. So Right, so I am going to give you the challenge, Jimmy, of summarising yeah. the race in... I'm going to give you 20 seconds. Do you feel up to that challenge? What, just the race yes. or the qualifying? Goal? Most of it will be spent going, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. You, do, do you feel ready for that? Yeah. Three... Two, one. Uh, so it went off in a very, <laughs> went off in a very good direction. Uh, Perez took over Leclerc into the <laughs> first corner, and then uh, he didn't really go very far. But Leclerc stayed with him. Verstappen was breathing down his neck. Science was absolutely nowhere. Four seconds off the pace. Um, the Ferrari had Science had a hydraulic issue. Um, and we'll go over to Joe, who's taken over. For the next what? 20 seconds that's yep. not fair i wasn't prepared for this so yeah so then science broke down with the uh, hydraulic issues as uh, jimmy said then uh, then leclerc broke down um so that basically left the red bulls to uh cruise off into the distance um bit of midfield action with the alpines the mercedes um, eventually Lewis Hamilton getting up to fourth George Russell running a brilliant race in third Sergio Perez coming home well behind his teammate um, Max Verstappen who was the eventual winner 
good job team and i think that that is a really nice summary and, uh, and we're not getting we letting about... you get away with it adam you should finish it off well he's completed it hasn't he forget that sorry chaps sorry chaps all right i'll i'll, I'll finish it off so Max Verstappen won, got on the podium, sprayed a bit of champagne alongside Sergio Perez, who was happy to play second fiddle despite the team orders. George Russell was pleased in a little bit of pain from the terrible porpoising, but not in as much pain as Lewis Hamilton, who struggled out of the car. Ferrari had already packed up by the time the race had finished because they had nothing to do with it um, by that point. And I think we did a good job everyone so well done especially as neither of you were prepared for that so <laughs> kudos to that has has the heart rate got up a bit now not really no it's because you're a, a cool performer jimmy that's what it is ice <laughs> in the veins well what about we begin with... Well, I'm going to begin with me, actually, because I feel like I've got the obvious big winner, and that is Max... Uh, no, that is Red Bull, which includes Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. is a one-two for them. They've taken the maximum amount of points. They've got their driver that they've decided they want to win in front um, in, in the form of Max Verstappen. He probably would have won anyway, um, despite the team orders. And their biggest rivals, Ferrari, broke down both of them. So they're looking pretty comfortable in the lead there. Despite the reliability woes of the first two or three races, they, they are looking pretty comfortable for the championship win on, on, on both fronts, you would think, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I'll go for someone different, but I think it's fairly obvious who the biggest winner and loser are this week. It's, it's going to be hard to argue anything different really i mean when one team fighting for the championship takes maximum points and the other takes nothing i mean it's pretty pretty obvious who's doing well out of that one yeah exactly um so i'm guessing everyone's going to be waiting with bated breath on who the biggest loser might be but we'll get to that in a few moments time um joe if we're not picking Red Bull, um, let's, as Martin Brundle says, get inventive and think of who else the biggest winner might be. I think George Russell. I mean, third podium of the season, um, doing an absolutely unbelievable job in that car. Obviously, I don't think the Mercedes was quite on the podium pace, but with those Ferraris dropping out, he picked up the pieces. Um, just, yeah, I mean, I suppose... I think possibly he's been the best driver of the season so far to finish top five every race in a car that is, you know, it's the third fastest, which means that, and it's very susceptible to sort of finishing lower than that sort of sixth place. So, yeah, outstanding job both throughout the season and especially this weekend. No, it's a good shout. And George Russell, he's something like 16 points behind Charles Leclerc now in the championship, mm -hmm. which is crazy mm. yeah. to think given that Charles Leclerc is supposedly fighting for this championship, um, mm. you, you would sense it's more Sergio Perez that would be the threat, if anything. Yeah. Um, but it's not really looking like a threat to Max Verstappen. One would think, um, Jimmy, do you have a different big winner, shall we say? Because we know the biggest winner. Max Verstappen, I would say. 
um, considering that he's been um, he's been a bit off the boil this race, I'd say. Not the weekend and in Monaco, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and sort of free pre practice and, and especially qualifying, he finished third. Um, got a very good start off the line. He could have actually taken Perez and Leclerc, but I think that he obviously got blocked off by Perez, um, so that didn't happen. But yeah, he's uh sitting pretty for the title, you'd have to say. Um, and it seems to me that. Ferrari are always good in qualifying, but Red Bull overtake them in the race, uh, which I think is a bit of a shame. Um, but yeah, it's not very good racing, but fair play to Verstappen. He, he won and he has to win um, to win the world title. So yeah, he's doing the right thing at the moment, isn't he? He certainly is. How much pain are you in saying these words, Jimmy? <clears throat> not much. I mean, you know, I as long as you... What would pain me even more if... Leclerc was Hamilton and it was Hamilton going through all the these sort of reliability issues and that sort of thing because it would just yeah it wouldn't be very nice at all because I'm a Hamilton fan uh I don't I like Leclerc but he's not my number one driver and Hamilton's oh but but Jimmy remember remember what Sebastian Vettel said so famously everybody's a ferrari fan even if you say you're not a ferrari yeah. fan you're a ferrari fan yeah in this situation i'm a ferrari fan because yeah. i don't want this happen to win so yeah <laughs> everybody knows no, that, right. don't they yeah you you always want the underdog to win don't you yeah it's exciting <laughs> like lewis hamilton <laughs> yeah he was the underdog to be fair i'm not going to go into 2021 again but he was the underdog throughout that season i'd say Verstappen had the better car. But anyway, let's not get into that now. because He says as he gets into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say I was right as well. We'll, but... move, we'll move on <laughs> Yeah. before we go down that road. Um, biggest loser? I think it's clear. I, I've, I've said Ferrari. I've already said why. It's yeah. pretty clear to say why. The fact that they were basically on the flight home by the time the chequered flag was flying says everything that you need to know and there's going to be an inquiry in italy uh well tonight and tomorrow um because ferrari represents italy and everything that's great about that nation so the fact that they were looking so good at the beginning of the season and now it seems to be unraveling it's upsetting for them come on let's go for a big loser from you jimmy I'm going to slightly open the umbrella up to include more than one team and that's all of the Ferrari powered teams uh, this weekend because I think four retirements for Ferrari powered cars so there's got to be a correlation there I mean Magnussen's uh, retirement is very similar to Leclerc's in the sense that there's a big puff of smoke and it all went wrong Um, so yeah I'd be quite concerned if I was a Ferrari drive, uh, Ferrari engine driver and teams uh, because it looks like there might be something fundamentally wrong with the engine it's almost like the long two kilometer straight in baku was putting the engine under even more strain than the ferrari engine can handle however i don't know as much about engines as um say an engineer so (laughs) let's not read too much into my theory joe have you got anything to add on ferrari engine power or are you going to add a different loser i mean i suppose i remember uh I remember thinking at the start of the season, I should have said it now, um, 
<laughs> when when Red Bull had those DNFs and we were all going on about Red Bull powertrains and how uh, they'd need a series of uh, fortunate events to get back into it. And I remember thinking, look, if there's one team that's going to have a car that's fast but unreliable, it's going to be Ferrari, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Um, and Look at their road cars. Did we really expect them to build an engine that was going to last? So, yeah, Um, unfortunate for them, but unfortunately, you know, it's quite a Ferrari thing to do, isn't it? Um, Built from passion, not not engineering uh, greatness. Well, that's a bit unfair. Ooh, that, yeah, yeah, I... I could see where you're coming from, but that is a bit harsh, Jimmy. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. But yeah, okay. um, but yeah. So obviously, I think they are to be losers. Uh, throw someone else in there. I'd say uh, Yuki Tsunoda got really unlucky. Um, was on for a really good result before his wing sort of half broke in a weird fashion. Um, so he obviously lost out on a fair few points there. So I'll go for him. Um, I think he he was running right behind Gasly, um, who obviously finished fifth in the end. So that could have been a big result for Alpha Tauri, which unfortunately they missed out on. Let's move on. Moment of the weekend. We'll start with you, Joe. I think it was just the race start, to be honest. It was, uh, you know, those first few laps where you had the Red Bulls and the Ferraris fighting. Unfortunately, we did sort of get robbed of any uh, Red Bull Ferrari action um later on in the race which is obviously i think what we want to see this year um so yeah the race start perez obviously being very aggressive and um leading the race um so yeah just the race start i think and i think you're right it it would have been intriguing to see how that had played out towards the end of the race especially given that leclerc had pitted so early following Sainz's retirement Mm -hmm. um, when the virtual safety car came out cars were going slowly he and many other cars came in for a change of tires but it put him out of kilter almost with the Red Bulls it could it it could have um, it could have worked couldn't it because there was a there was a second phase where everyone came in wasn't there there was another virtual safety car there was a yeah when Magnussen retired yeah, well, so that that strategy could have worked because they would have had two free stops. So that would have been interesting to see Red Bull obviously not taking advantage of the first one. Uh, Ferrari could have got quite lucky with that second safety car if they were still in the race at that point. <laughs> Ironically, they could have been lucky from a Ferrari engine failure. So exactly. I think that speaks to what jimmy was just talking about a few moments ago perez was a little bit aggressive at the start as you said and really pumped in the laps Mm -hmm. early do you think that that high intensity start was what cost him in terms of tire degradation and eventually the lead um just a bit later on yeah it could well have done um it is interesting that perez like up until halfway through the race looked the quicker of the two red bull drivers um I suppose that uh, shows what a great performance it was from Max to win by 20-plus seconds on a day where he didn't look the fastest. Yeah, says a lot about him. Jimmy, what's your moment of the weekend? My moment of the weekend was the Vettel uh, battle with Ocon. Um, Vettel was a lot quicker than Ocon uh, going down to turn three the first time but he overshot his um, breaking point and then he did a very clever sort of pirouette so he didn't lose too much time and then regained the racetrack um, he only lost then, two places 
Yeah. He, brilliant. He did a great job. Uh, I mean, that could have been sort of race end, not race ending, but I mean, in terms of positions, it could potentially mm-hmm. be race ending. Um, but yeah, and then he went and overtook him and then, um, yeah, great overtake. And it seemed to be that Vettel's got his mojo back. Where did he finish? Fifth? Fifth, yeah. No, yeah. sixth. Gasly was no, fifth. No, sixth. Y- yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and Gas- yeah. Gasly yeah. had the first point since Australia, so fair mm-hmm. play to him too. Yeah. Uh, but we're not talking about Gasly at the moment. Seb Vettel. And yeah, if he'd have got that a few millimetres wrong... That pirouette. Yeah. That could have been race ending, couldn't it? Like, it was so well done. It's almost like he's one of the best drivers in the world, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's hard yeah. to see where Aston Martin are at the moment, because obviously Seb's doing quite well, but Lance Stroll had another nightmare, really, this weekend, didn't he? I, I could have gone for him for biggest loser, to be fair, because those two crashes in qualifying and then just nowhere in the race, whereas Seb, obviously without that little spin, could have been challenging for fourth and fifth. Yeah, you you get the impression that the Canadian drivers may not be the biggest puller to the Canadian Grand Prix next week. <laughs> um, although, although, having said that, Latifi at least out-qualified Alex Albon this weekend, mm-hmm. so um, I suppose that's all right for him. Um, yeah. They've uh, both got biggest... job security, which is good. Uh, yeah, through money. Yeah. Mm. I, mean, I think yeah. Latifi's losing his though because the money's going to be less important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Especially. As F1's finally become a money-making scheme rather than a money-losing scheme. Um, yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely right, Joe. And there are a few names linked to that seat, aren't there? Um, who would you put in there? Uh, ideally, myself, but. Uh... That one's not going to happen, I don't think. But failing that, <laughs> Nick De Vries? Um, I think he's the obvious candidate, really. Um, but we'll just have to see. I'd put Piastri in there. Oh, yeah, I forgot, I, I forgot yeah. about Piastri. Yeah, we need, yeah. I mean, yeah. definitely he I'd go for Piastri over anyone else if that's... Because obviously he's a, you know, sort of Russell Leclerc pedigree if... Uh, what about Vesti? Not yet. For next year? No, I, I mean... He's Mercedes Academy driver there, right? Yeah, but he's not on He's not on Piastri's level, is, is he? he not? No. At least through the... Well, well, Piastri won F4, F3 and F2 back to back to back. He's the first driver ever to do that. Yeah, fair play. Which yeah, is, is pretty, very impressive, yeah. Vesti did win his first um, race in GP... It's not GP2, it's an F2 this weekend. It was a sprint race, but... Yeah, um, but he, uh, you're right. He's not on the same level as your Piastri's, Leclerc's, and Russell's. Um, my moment at the weekend that there were a few good moments and a few critical moments in terms of Ferrari breaking down and things like that. But I, I'm going to actually go for Fernando Alonso uh, for his cheek during qualifying because he'd got his lap in and he was going through to the next round so he just chucked it up the escape road to bring out a yellow flag <laughs> so that no one else could set their lap and he would go through to the next round fernando alonso i i had a, a, an epiphany while i was out for a run earlier um fernando alonso is clearly a cyclist. Now, we know he likes to ride a bike, but you know how cyclists just ride around on the road trying to annoy P1 
people in cars and mm, traffic yeah. in general. Um, yeah. Fernando, Fernando's the sort of person to be cycling in front of a car, see that car coming towards the back of him, but then speed up to get to like a, a narrow bit, like a bridge. He'd then go over the bridge, sprint down the hill, and then get to a blind corner before the car can get through the bridge, just so that he he holds it up through there. And he's he yeah, he's got that bit about about him. Now I've got nothing against cyclists. I cycle too, and and sometimes <laughs> you can't help but be in the way. But uh, yeah, I just think <laughs> he's a bit funny the way that he goes about trying to annoy people. It's like he's got nothing to lose. Um, and in fact, Fernando is the only driver that is not coming out saying, "Look, this porpoising thing has to stop uh, because of the dangers that it's going to do to the drivers." Because he he literally doesn't care, does he? No. I mean, he might be finishing this year, so he uh, probably can stick it out for a year. That's the thing, though, isn't it? Like He's still popping in good performances, so if he is finishing this year, he's going out doing well. But I don't think Fernando's the sort of person that will want to finish when he thinks he could go on and, and do even more. However, Alpine will want to get Oscar Piastri in the car. So I guess it almost de- depends on whether Piastri can get in Williams on whether uh, Fernando will have room at the end because Ocon's committed, isn't he, for the, the long-term uh, Alpine and he's doing a decent job. Um, it, yeah, so it's an interesting one there and we've gone off the, the moment now, but Fernando mm. Alonso, he's he's a cheeky little... Um, driver, isn't he? <laughs> he is indeed, yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing. He probably put the brake bias as far back as possible so it looked like he was uh, rear-locking. Yeah. Right. Um, let's move on to our honourable mention. We will begin with you, Jimmy. So my honourable mention um, would be Sebastian Vettel um, simply because he drove a very good race, uh, had a very good qualifying as well. Um, sort of... Op- in Australia, people were writing him off a bit and saying, oh, is this going to be his last year? You know, that sort of thing. Um, but it just shows that he's consistently outperforming uh, Lance Stroll at the moment. So, yeah, he can only do that, to be honest, if they're in the same car and he's beating his teammate convincingly. Um, that's the best he can do. Indeed. To be fair, in Australia, they they were writing him off, but that was his first race back since having COVID, wasn't it? Mm, and- yeah, it was, yeah. The car was the car was a handful, and he he popped in a great lap on that moped. So it wasn't all bad that one. <laughs> yeah, <PB. laughs> no one else went as quick on that moped. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely. As we said, he's driven brilliantly this weekend, and he continues to impress. Whether he will carry on, who knows? And in fact, I'm I'm going to go with my honourable mention because I wrote an article last week on the AJ on the line website uh talking about where daniel ricardo might go if mclaren oust him from the team and i suggested that aston martin is the only place that i can really see him going and that would Mm. depend on whether sebastian vettel is there or not because they're not exactly going to get rid of lance stroll in a hurry who probably has the most job security in f1 he has though hasn't he because his dad's the boss Mm, yeah, unless he pisses his dad off, then yeah. Daniel Ricciardo, 
Is he going to get ousted by McLaren? Well, I think if he drives a bit more like he did this weekend, he will at least stay next year. Um, because it was a decent performance from him. He finished ahead of his teammate. Yes, there was a little bit of team orders towards the end. Norris was stropping about it a bit, but Norris was having Daniel help him earlier on in the race, so I think it was just good teamwork um, by the McLaren guys to to get into P8 and P9. It was the best that they could do, um, and it's a shame, really, because during practice on Friday, they they were looking like they could be even the third fastest team, but they fell back in qualifying, didn't they? Um, and they were, for the first time, porpoising as well. And McLaren mm. have not had any porpoising at all up until now. So it does show that um, at least they've got a bit more downforce and, and, and hopefully for McLaren, the car is looking a bit better. Daniel's still not got it completely right but i think it was a good step in the right direction let's be quietly confident about um the way things are looking for the the aussie there yeah do you do agree aston martin is the only place that he can go now yeah i can't see him going anywhere else really i don't think he'll he'll still be at mclaren next year i think i think it'll be a very poor show of mclaren if they force him to enact his contracts uh, reduction or whatever it is. My understanding is it's from his side. He gets to decide whether he's doing the third year. Yeah, so I think that, yeah, I think he will still opt to do the third year because he's a brilliant driver. Everybody knows that. Uh, I just think he might be kicking himself a bit with where where Red Bull are now because he could have been world champion potentially uh, if he stuck with Red Bull. Um, but, you know, that's the past and, you know, you can't really, yeah, Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? If he does leave Pierre Gasly to go to McLaren, or, or, or are you going to get Colton Herter? Would you take a risk on someone that looks quick in America, or would you go for a proven race winner? I think McLaren would more likely go for the IndyCar drivers, um, because, just because they're already McLaren employees. Well, Colton Herter isn't. He's employed by Andretti. Pato Award, perhaps. Oh, yeah, it's Pato Award, isn't it? Yeah. But Colton's going to have a test in a McLaren at yeah. some point soon. So, so finished second old Pato Award, didn't he, in Indy? Nearly won it. In the Indy 500, yeah. Yeah. Behind Marcus Ericsson. Mm, yeah. Joe, who's, who's getting your honourable mention? Pierre Gasly. Um, I think this... Uh, was much more like the Pierre Gasly of last season, uh, where he's sort of dragging results out of that Alpha Tauri. Uh, P5, great result for him. Um, yeah, that's, that's it, really. He outqualified Lewis Hamilton in, well, in qualifying, which is where you <laughs> tend to outqualify people, <laughs> which is no mean feat. And Sonoda did well as, as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, as I said earlier, he was really unlucky with that rear wing failure, but. Um, but Gasly still had him all weekend, and that's why I've gone for him as my honourable mention. And I think it's a good shout, because, yeah, Pierre. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because where, where do you put Pierre uh, um, amongst the drivers in terms of who's the best driver out there? Because he's highly rated, isn't he? But you, you don't mention him amongst the Hamiltons, Verstappens and Leclerc's of this world either. Mm. Or I should... I should throw Russell into that mix as well. Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell, really. I mean, because often it, it can be 
not easy, but it's often when you're in a bad car and you're sort of dragging the performances out of it, you can make yourself look really good, um, which is what he's doing. Because no one expects anything. Yeah, exactly. So, but he's clearly again, you know, a, a very good driver. Do you? How how would you see it in the hypothetical situation that Pierre goes to McLaren alongside Lando Norris? How do you see that coming out in the wash? Um, I think it would be a really pretty good driver pairing, to be fair. Um, and I think they're both they're. I'd put them about on the same level. Um, so yeah, be be interesting to see that one. It certainly would. So. We will wait with bated breath for the 2024 driver market. Now, that is foresight. Um, We'll do a bit more foresight in a bit when we do the predictions for Canada. However, we've got one more award to do, and that is the AJ on the line line of the week. And we will begin, as we often do, with Jimmy. So, my AJ on the line line of the week uh, is from Leclerc uh, after he uh, dropped out of the the race, unfortunately. And that was uh, no more mistakes. Um, And I think that's particularly important considering they've had two DNFs in the space of three races. Now, um, Red Bull had the same issues. um, But I think that, yeah, Red Bull seems a bit more confident on what they knew about the engine and what what potentially caused the issue uh whereas ferrari don't seem i'm very confident i didn't really see a uh post race so i'm not sure what bonotto said but yeah they don't seem particularly confident so yeah it would be a concern to them um going through the season charles leclerc was absolutely broken when he was being interviewed you could tell uh, mm. a little bit uh, not all of him had given up but some some of him at least was resigned to the fact that this was going to be a difficult season unless something changed big time uh, in the next few races and, and the momentum goes back in their favour Joe, your AJ on the line line of the week uh, sticking on the uh, Pierre Gasly theme I don't know if you know, but Pierre Gasly's got a bit of a reputation of as a uh, Lewis Hamilton yes. super fan. Has um, he really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he uh, he likes he every Instagram post that Lewis um, or or but or, or Mercedes post that's about Lewis uh, Pierre Gasly likes, um, and obviously they had a bit of an on track battle today. Um, so the Mercedes Twitter admin had a bit of fun. Uh, did Pierre like that one? Maybe not this time. <laughs> That's brilliant. They've, that they've been playing. They've been playing it back and forth all weekend, haven't they? Yeah. Because at the beginning of the, the season, or not the season, the the weekend, they just posted a, a photo of Lewis Hamilton walking, but looking back and smiling, and <laughs> yeah. just the caption was liked by Pierre Gasly, and Pierre liked that one. Yeah. Um, and then. Alpha Tauri were playing around with it too because they 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 took a video where they walked into Pierre's driver room and Pierre had his laptop out and then three phones on the desk and he was just going through liking loads of posts. <laughs> just, and then the caption there was liked by Pierre Gassi. So there is a bit of a trend and I think that that is a great AJ on the line line of the week, Joe. One of the best we've had. Shout out Pierre and his... His social media affection for Lewis. 
Um, although, did you hear that um, him, Lewis, and Charles are quite good friends on Xbox and they mm. or PlayStation? I think it's PlayStation actually, and they they play call of duty together and and lewis uh, while you might think it's wholesome that pierre gasly takes the time to like every one of his posts lewis apparently is trying to learn french so that he doesn't feel as stupid um (laughs) as the other two being able to switch in between languages so it's quite it's it's a cute moment isn't it a 37 year old trying to keep up with the kids isn't it yeah what a lad what a lad all of them I like them all. All those three. Tremendous. Well, I think you'll like this this next AJ on the line line of the week, Jimmy, because it comes from Ted Kravitz. Ah, I, you did send me something, actually. I didn't look, though, sorry. So it'd be a nice surprise. So, Ted Kravitz, he was doing a bit of a piece on um, Red Bull's strat- uh, strategy team, and he, he started the piece by saying, there are a few things that Red Bull have got wrong over the years. DRS reliability, relationships with engine suppliers, helmet Marco's charm. That's it. I remember. That's where I heard it. Yeah. That's funny. Well done. <laughs> However, the strategy hasn't been one of those things. So, so I, I thought you particularly liked the helmet Marco's charm bit. But <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He has a bit of a reputation, doesn't he, helmet? About... He's not he's not Nicky Louder, let's put it that way. Who did the grid walk today? No one. It was terrible because Martin was at Le Mans, so they it, it just didn't feel like the start of a race. It was almost surprising that they the No Ted <laughs> like, as well. No, they go. No oh, Ted's actually, notebook as well. There was no Ted's notebook because Ted wasn't at the race either. No one yeah. wanted to take all of the weird flights to get to Baku. So, yeah, they, they sent Paul DeResta out instead. Mm. Oh, yeah. The, the Z team. Yeah. <laughs> well, a member of the Z team, anyway. He's so pro Verstappen. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, he is, though, isn't he? He hates Mercedes because, I don't know, it's weird because he was a DTM driver for Mercedes. But, you know, anyway, let's not talk about my vendettas against uh, Paul DeResta. Everyone. Yeah, everyone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who haven't you got a vendetta against? Well, we heard Lewis Hamilton, Pierre Gasly and Charles Leclerc. Yeah, uh, um, George Russell. <laughs> no, we're not going to list. Oh, right, I thought we were going to do it. Sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because right, I know, I know that, that to- Toto Wolff and Nicky Lauder will be on there, and I-, I think that's about it. But then you'll start thinking, oh, but Bono, James Vowles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What brilliant guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's why we're not going to do that list that we just did. Um, instead, we're going to think ahead to next weekend. It's only one week away and it's the Canadian Grand Prix. It's more of a, a, a late night vibe. Not too late. It's an evening vibe. I quite like it. Although Joe doesn't like the word vibe, so I'll stop with all of that. No, instead, and I also don't like will... pretending that seven o'clock's late. Oh, yeah. It's a nice time. It's early evening. It's a nice time to have a race. The day's done. You can just sit back and relax and watch it. You don't have to make any other plans to watch it. Because it's always a bit of a pain mid-afternoon, isn't it? Because you're always doing something. You have to stop. But anyway, I like Formula 1, so it's not too much of a hassle. But Well, I'm always doing something, and that's watching F1. So Yeah. <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> what we'll do is we will make some predictions for that race. So I will begin with myself. My sensible prediction is that a Ferrari will hit the wall of champions. Oh, yeah. Good shout, yeah. Neither of them are champions, though, so surely it should be Max that hits it. Ferrari is a, a championship winning team. I suppose so the team is, yeah. Yeah, so. I think it's more named after the drivers, so, but there we go. Yes, it is. Um, but I, but one of the biggest incidents I remember from, I th- think it was 2008, um, was seeing, I think, Giancarlo Fischer-Keller having a big crash there. Mm-hmm. It might have been him or Sutil. Anyway, neither of them are champions, so, yeah. Mm. Although, you've had some big crashes around that circuit, haven't you? Uh, Robert Kubica comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Massive, yeah. And uh, the controversy, too, in the form of... The last time we were there, 2019. Is that really wow. the last one? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It said Vettel Hamilton, right? Mm. Wow. How time flies. And I, I think Canada's probably one of my favourite circuits on the calendar. Yeah, it's a good one. Great to drive mm. as well, I'd imagine. <laughs> it's a bit like a go-kart track. Anyway, Joe, you said you're prepared, so we'll go to you. Uh, it seems like this is the easiest prediction in the book at the moment, but... Ferrari pole, Red Bull win. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> I don't have anything more to say on that, so we'll go to Jimmy. <laughs> Sensible prediction uh, is a uh, Red Bull win. I'm going to go in the same lines as Jay. I don't know who's going to be uh, who's going to be on pole, but I do think Red Bull will win. Um, do we think that Sergio Perez is going to keep the momentum of him seeming to be the informed driver, or no. having the pace on Verstappen? I don't think so. He didn't have the pace today. It looked like it. Oh, look pace, at you with your, your agenda again. Who won yeah. by twenty seconds today? No, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that Perez isn't as good as Verstappen at the moment, especially in the race. So, um, yeah, I think it's over for him. Unfortunately, I think that Verstappen over. It's like Bottas could always challenge Hamilton at certain races. But he couldn't do it over the uh, a season long, and that's why he... over the race distance. Exactly, yeah, and the the season as well. But um, but yeah, I don't think uh, it will be any different for Red Bull, to be honest. Fair enough. We will now do our bold predictions, and my bold prediction is that we're going to have Pierre Gasly finishing in the top five again, because I think I feel like Canada is. A little bit similar to Baku, mm-hmm. and Pierre Pierre did well this this race. So what's to stop him doing well next race? But I also think that something is going to happen with this porpoising. It feels mm-hmm. like it is going to come to a head. So an, a, a further prediction that I am going to make is that there's either going to be a battle, a controversy, or a big incident to do with this porpoising, where that becomes a big topic. It's no longer going to be about pounce and piercings is going to be about porpoising and yeah that is all i have to say on that probably too much joe what's your bold prediction i'm gonna go with an alpine podium i think they uh they look pretty decent around baku uh i think they'll be even better around uh canada so yeah alpine podium slippery on the straights aren't they Mm mm-hmm and who's it going to be? Is it going to be Fernando? 
Well, if I knew who it was, I would have said that in the prediction. Um, All right. <laughs> okay. If okay. I had to put my I money on one, keeping your options Fernando. open. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> right, Jimmy, let's finish off the podcast with your Banzai prediction, a bold prediction, which will be Banzai, I'm sure. A double Mercedes podium. Oh, that's pretty bold. <laughs> it is very bold, yeah, considering the day they had. Um, but who knows? Are they going to have a win involved in that, or is it going to be a second, no. third? Well, he's already predicted a Red Bull win. Come on, second and third. Oh. Yeah, I'm taking notes from Joe because last time he said that they need to be all like all lined up. Oh yeah, I'm they've got to line up. Yeah, so so now I'm doing it all lined up. But I also think that there might be. Uh, I, I, that's my bold prediction, but I'm trying to explain the circumstances where that bold prediction came from. So I think there might be an incident between the Ferraris and the Red Bulls. Just um, an incident. An incident, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my bold prediction. Well, that sounds intriguing, and I'm sure it will be intriguing when it comes to Canada. So it's time to say thank you for listening, and well done, Baku. Well done, Baku. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you, every single one of you. Thank you to those in Worcester <laughs> and those outside of Worcester that listen to us. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. It's been a pleasure to talk to Jimmy, Joe, and to talk about F1. It's the sport we love so much. And if you've got anything more that you want us to talk about, leave some comments either underneath the, the podcast or on socials. You can follow us on TikTok at AJ on the line, Instagram at AdamJW44, Twitter at AJ underscore on the underscore line. Make sure that you subscribe and share it with at least one person, although Jimmy has specified that we can't, we can't limit it to one person. Um, so if you want to share it with more, then that is absolutely fine as well. We will see you very soon when we've seen the Canadian Grand Prix. So thank you for listening again and see you then.